Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Free Kick episode for Martino Puccio, Gio Cozzolino alongside me here. So much action to get into. Month of December, Ballon d'Or Awards, final stage of the group league for uh, Champions League. Uh, I mean, there's just so much to get into. The month of December is fantastic. I mean, Boxing Day is upon us as well. We're going to be, I, I can't wait for that. That's going to be so exciting. So many matches to get into midweek. But first, we're going to turn our attention to Italy, Juve. Lazio, I mean, look, we were we were off a little bit on uh, Juve Lazio uh, Sassuolo last week, actually. Um, but going into this one, this is such an intriguing matchup considering how Juve have been playing just in general. They haven't been their sharp selves. I know we, we try to tell people that it takes time with Sardi's system, but it doesn't look like anything is getting much better in terms of Cristiano Ronaldo. And, and on that front, um, look, they, they won their group stage in, in uh, the group for the Champions League. Uh, they're still undefeated in Serie A, but it just doesn't have that same feel to it. Um, they go over to Lazio now. This one's going to be in the Olympico. We're going to be breaking down money line, uh, the spread here as well. Going in for the money line, as you can see, Lazio plus 185, draw plus 240, Juve plus 145. What are you feeling going into this? I think it's going to be a tough matchup. I think Lazio has been great. You know, Right now they're in the top four. It looked like they can finish top four. Um, I don't know if they'll be able to carry out, carry that through the season. It's a long season, and we're, what, 14, 15 games in so mm-hmm. far. And they're going to have home field advantage, and they have Immobile on their side. Chino Immobile, who's, I think, leading the league with 17 goals. Mm-hmm. It's unprecedented right now. Uh, I mean, we've seen guys do it, but he's just been on fire, and he's been scoring. And uh, obviously, we know the whole national team thing. He doesn't do it there, but he does it for club. And right now, that's what we're talking about, the league. So he's been doing great. I just have that feeling, though, that Juventus is just... How are you going to drop points two straight games? They often don't do that, and that's what they would end up doing right now if that's what's going to happen. Uh, they tied, like we mentioned last game, 2-2 to Sassuolo, which was a huge shock. No one, no one saw that coming. I mean, Sassuolo is we, – we, we make jokes all the time that they're the bottom feeder or their B team because they loan so many players out to, that, to Juventus. So I don't see Juventus dropping points again. I, I would be shocked to see that. And at plus 145, you can still get plus money for Juventus, which mm-hmm. is pretty crazy still. I know they they just dropped the second place, you know, under a point because you, uh, they tied this weekend and Inter won. Um, but I'm still all over Juventus. I think I I, don't, I just don't see how they don't go away and and pull out a win. You, they, they can't drop two two points two straight games. No, and I think that's fair, and I understand where you're coming from on that front. But you also look to the Champions League group as well. They don't have to play anybody this week. So, I mean, you go into Lazio, you, you play them refreshed. Lazio has to play well for the Europa League if they want to advance. But you got to think to yourself, what is their objective? Is their objective to sit in a pretty spot right now where they are in the Champions League and try to get three points against Juve? Because, look, to me, I, I don't know about the money line here. I think any way you can go is fine. If you want to pick a winner, if you like picking winners, that's fine. But to me, I think the most likely scenario in this is a draw. Just because Lazio is ready for this, I think they have it circled on their calendar. You're not going to find Ciro Immobile in better form than he is right now. Again, 17 goals in 14 games. I mean, it's just unbelievable. The guys at AccuScore, when we gave him this game last week, said you can actually expect him to keep it going. He scores another two. I understand their penalties, but there's just so many guys. Luis Alberto, 
Joaquin Correa. I mean, Cherby is playing fantastic for them as well. And when you look at Juve, you just you, you scratch your head at this. I know Buffon was the one in between the pipes for them there. Uh, for me, the spread is really interesting. Juve minus one plus 400. Now, that is something I could potentially get around because I could see a 2-0 Juve win. You know, maybe they do make it a point to man Mark Chiro Immobile and shut him down, right? Because you could see him disappearing in a big game like this against one of the top teams because, again, you discuss, you know, Lazio with Immobile is something completely different, but when the, the lights get brighter for Chiro, he might not play as well. Is that a scenario that you think that happens and Juve wins a 2-0 game? I could see that happening, and plus 400 minus one is a very that's tasty ridiculous. number. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> huge odds for especially Juventus side. And I understand, like we mentioned before when we introduced this game, you know, they're not Juve of old yet, it doesn't look like, and Sadi takes time to, to implement an identity to his teams. But I think it's coming around, honestly. I, I just don't, uh, we just haven't seen Ronaldo come around yet to Sadi. That's what I think has been the major problem. But we've seen kind of Dybala, kind of like uh, Insignia when he was yeah. with, when Sadi was in, with Insignia, but Dybala is, you know, I think of more quality. I'm not saying that, sure. but, uh, <laughs> you know. So I think that the spread is also a very good number, but you mentioned also Immobile, and can he break down the Juventus defense? We've seen Delict been better the past couple games. You know, he has slip-ups, you know, once in a while. He was giving away handballs like candy. We've seen that happen, but he's been getting better. I just think the major loss with Chiellini is you see that because Juventus has been conceding goals. They usually don't concede goals. They've been letting up goals. I mean, when you, Sassuolo scores two goals against you, you know it's a little bit of an issue. Um, but Bonucci and De Ligt have been good for the most part. Yeah. Um, I mean, Lazio could still score a goal, but even then you can have a 3-1 result and, and go with the spread. I would stay away with this, from the spread just because you mentioned before a draw is possible, yeah. especially away on the road. I just think Juve wins. I don't know about, about the margin. Um, but it also you know, depends on what Ronaldo does. If, is he going to come back? Is he really 100%? He only has six goals this year. Is he going to finally score goals in a huge game for them? You know, Champions League is a different story, but will he do it in the league? I, it's a very interesting scenario. Going yeah, yeah. I, I think if you feel strongly about the spread, I would take Juve in this if I would go in one direction because, again, minus 210 for Lazio covering that. I, I don't know. I, I would kind of stay away from that, but I would go more towards the money line. But we're going to be moving over towards England now, Manchester Derby. I mean, this is not the same Manchester Derby that we've grown accustomed to earlier in the decade. It's the tail end of the decade now. I mean, Manchester United is just abysmal. We, we were talking about how we weren't even confident about them going in against Sheffield United of all teams. And now, what do we think going in against Manchester City here? When you take a look at the numbers, I, I wanted to go with the over-under totals. Over-under, three and a half. The under is minus 162. Over is plus 132. A scenario I definitely see happening. Um, look at this. I mean... Come on, Manchester City's defense isn't that fantastic. I know we've we've seen them have a ton of injuries. It's a derby game, so some teams like Manchester United could play up to the competition. So you could see them potentially grabbing a goal, but I do not see any scenario in which Manchester United slows down that vaunted attack of Manchester City. I could definitely see this one going either way. Uh, it depends on how you play it, obviously, because we know we go by FanDuel sometimes. You could choose that. But the ones that have the more fair odds in this were three and a half. What, what would you lean towards in terms of over-under there? I think I like the over of three and a half. <laughs> you can get plus money, and I could see a situation where there's plenty of goals in this game. And a derby is just a derby, is a derby right? Uh, teams <laughs> always play up to derbies or want to make it crazy. When, when they're playing derbies, they want to score goals, you know, perform well. Uh, but Man United this season, ninth place, 18 points. They're like 11 points, I believe, yeah, 29 points for Man City. They're 11 points behind Man City in third. 
And Man City is 11 points behind Liverpool. So they're about 22 points away from first place in Man United. And this is not Man United that we know. It hasn't been that way for a couple of years now, though. So, you know, let's not play ourselves. It's not like this is a shock for this season. Uh, but coming into the season, they had, you know, better hope for the season. And it just hasn't come around yet. And we haven't even seen Man City, you know, past couple games, they've dropped some points and possibly have lost a title. We were talking about this before. But, you know, Sterling has calmed down a bit. Aguero hasn't done much. So... We don't know what's really going to happen, but I could see Man City and Man United both scoring some goals in this game. So over three and a half looks like a nice bet here, especially for, for plus money, where you can find probably most places, but FanDuel gives you, like we mentioned, plus 132. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. I know the spread, too, is something we kind of wanted to touch on. Minus two for Manchester City is at plus 230. I think that's definitely an interesting number because I potentially do see a blowout, and we, we've kind of seen that happen in the past. But if you wanted to go a spread, I think you would go that way, if anything. And then again, over under, I think you could cash out pretty well regardless. I think over three and a half goals is a scenario which I like the most, simply because plus money, these defenses are terrible. We know how great the attack is there. But when we come back, we're going to be talking with our friends from AccuScore. Stay tuned. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the free kick. We got our friends from AccuScore here for this segment. We're going to be rolling through a couple of games, Barcelona, Mallorca, Schalke, and Leverkusen. But, guys, we're going to be starting off with Barcelona this match against Mallorca. We saw them dominate, uh, again, Atletico Leo Messi providing some of his magic that we were talking about this season. That's the only way they could really manage to pull out three points in this one. But they're facing a Mallorca side who has done better than most expected. But do you expect Barcelona to cover the spread in this matchup? Yeah, the results are better because they're leading the, the league now. And they just beat Atletico 0-1, which was a great achievement uh, after some struggles. And of course, it was uh, Leo Messi again, uh, the hero of that game. Um, so indeed, they've been winning uh, not very comfortably and uh, there's been some issues with the uh, starting lineup uh, by Valverde. Uh, a lot of questions there. Why is certain player playing in a different position than usual and, and these kind of things. But as long as they keep winning, who are we to judge? Um, on the other hand, everyone's been expecting Barcelona to score more goals, win much more comfortably, especially against the lower league teams like uh, like Mallorca, for example. Um, but that might just be a question of time when they start clicking and the, and the goals will come if they keep on uh, creating chances like they have so far. Uh, Mallorca is a quite bad team. They've been up and down from Segunda and um, never really gotten any stronger in the process. Um, and they're not playing very uh, defensively either, so they're not parking the bus uh, like usually the smaller teams are, so it might open up a lot of chances for Barcelona. Um, in the simulations, uh, Barcelona wins on average of 4.2 goals, which is uh, probably the highest I've ever seen. 
Um, and if we trust the computer, uh, there shouldn't be uh, any question that Barcelona will cover the spread uh, all the way up to 3.5 goals. Uh, Mallorca is an interesting team because uh, two years ago they were playing a uh, third level of uh, Spanish football and uh, now they have been promoted twice in a row and started to play in La Liga after six years in lower league. So uh, like Tommy said, um, they have been a bit um, elevator team, but um, hopefully they can stay now longer in, in La Liga. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Barcelona have been tight in a lot of matches this season, so we're going to see if they're going to be able to pull off and cover the spread there. But in terms of Barcelona's team total, we know they haven't been that prolific. I know teams like Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid have solid defenses, and that's why they struggle. But we've seen it in the Champions League as well against Slavia Prague and other teams. But do Barcelona manage to cover their team total in this matchup? Um, as there has been, hasn't been any matchup um, between these teams recently, we don't have any historical track record either. But um, when we check Barcelona home games uh, this season, uh, traditionally in Spanish league, uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid are the teams that uh, there's always value to bet against them when they are playing home, either draw or, or away win. And this season Barcelona hasn't uh, uh, struggled uh, so much on home games uh, they have been um, quite solid actually by scoring uh, uh, three times five goals and once four goals in, in their five home games that they have played this season. Um, so Tommy, how do you see, even though they have recently struggled a bit in away games, uh, will the good form in home games continue and, uh, and um, they will score a handful of goals again? Uh, the total line is right now 3.25, uh, maybe 3.5 in some places, so should we comfortably bet over in this game? Yeah, like I said, uh, Barcelona hasn't been scoring as much as they, they should have. They've created much more chances for that. And uh, now Leo Messi is on, on fire, so it will add to that. And they play at home, so uh, I see Barcelona now getting their goal-scoring run going and uh, Mallorca will be overrun completely. Um, in simulations, Barcelona is scoring 4.5 goals on average and leaving Mallorca to only 0.16. So um, the simulations suggest that Barcelona will score at least 3.5 goals and probably even more. All right, going to be interesting to see if Barcelona are able to put some goals in the back of the net against Mallorca in that matchup. But, but we're going to be moving over to Germany now, Schalke, Leverkusen. Guys, this has been an interesting battle in the Bundesliga this year because there's just so many teams competing with Bayern early on. We saw Leverkusen beat Bayern Munich 2-1 last week. But Leverkusen-Schalke here, uh, this is definitely going to be an interesting sort of matchup. Which team do you see edging out the victory in this one? Yes, this looks to be a very even matchup. Um, also, when we take a look of historical results of this game when um, Schalke is visiting Leverkusen. Uh, two of those games have been 1-1 draws, um, twice uh, Schalke has been the winner and uh, once uh, Leverkusen has uh, won the game. Uh, AccuScore accuracy has been um, very good. There has been value to bet uh, winner or draw in every game, these five matchups, and um, out of those five games, uh, three has been correct. And with quite high odds, uh, especially with uh, away wins and, and draws, um, um, 
by betting 50 bucks you would end up uh, having 95 dollars in your pocket so almost doubling your money based on our predictions yeah both teams have been in very good form lately um, and um, it's gonna be quite even game they're very similar teams in many ways and there is not much of a difference between the quality of the of the squads uh, of course Leverkusen winning in uh, in München was uh, was a big deal for them but uh, it might tell a little bit more about the situation that uh, Bayern Munich is in, in than um, than the quality of Leverkusen actually um, that being said, uh, Leverkusen has only lost once at home, uh, but they have drawn four times in their seven games. Um, so they've, uh, they've been able to get points, but they haven't uh, been able to turn those, uh, those home games into victories, which is a bit worrying. Uh, Schalke, on the other hand, is an extremely good road team. They've uh, won four of their six road games and uh, they're a dangerous um, counter-attacking team as well. Um, that being said, um, it looks very even to me in uh, overall in in many aspects, and uh, the simulations show that uh, draw is the most likely result uh, with about thirty percent probability. Going to be really interesting to see if Leverkusen and Schalke can duke it out, and which team will be picking up the three points. But the past four times these teams have faced off, no one has scored more than three goals at a time. In terms of the total number in this matchup between these two teams, do you see that potentially going over, or is it easier to play a safe side here and go with the under? Then on total uh, market, um, there hasn't been too much value in last three games, so uh, we haven't um, suggested any bets for those games. Uh, the total line actually has been fluctuating between uh, 2.75 and 3.25 in last um, matchups and um, four out of five it has been under uh, right now the line um, is 2.5 so what do you think tommy will it be under again or is the low total line pushing bets over yeah it's again both teams are very similar in that regard that uh, they're playing uh, very defensively they have a very solid defense uh, not that flashy offense uh, like to counter attack quite a bit uh, Leverkusen is playing four at the back with two holding midfielders uh, Schalke usually is playing uh, with three center backs and uh, wing backs so basically half the team is defensive all the time um, they have excellent goalkeepers Lukas Radecki a Finnish national team keeper and uh, Alexander Nubel who's been uh, terrific this season for Schalke uh, so not much is indicating uh, towards a lot of goals in this game, especially when everything seems very even. Um, in simulation, the most likely score is 2-1, to one, uh, with Leverkusen scoring 1.91 goals on average and Schalke 1.29. Uh, so three goals is likely, but I doubt there will be any more scored. All right, thanks so much, guys, for the help with these two matchups. Guys, they've really been on fire. Everyone who's been watching the show, we really appreciate it. And you should check out the guys at AccuScore on Twitter and their website, AccuScore.com. So many different other games that you could check out that they have there for you if you need some help on matches there. Also, be sure to check us out on Pluto TV and Zumo TV. Guys, there's just so many different ways that you could view our content. We really appreciate that. But for us on this show, we're going to be breaking down a few more top five European League matchups, as well as some Euro 2020 early odds. Stay tuned.
DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. We're going to be jumping right into everything here. We're going to be heading back over to England now, Everton-Chelsea. I think this one is really an interesting matchup. They're two marquee popular teams within the Premier League, but there's some interesting statistics that we have to go through from the Premier League here. Chelsea have not beaten Everton outright since 2017 in August. Antonio Conte was there back then. A few managers. I know Chelsea goes to a manager almost every single season, seemingly. But I wanted to get into some of the numbers here, the over-unders and the money line. Over 2.5 goals, minus 154. Under 2.5, plus 126. Everton, plus 240. Money line, draw, plus 280. Chelsea, plus 100 money line. A little bit interesting there. So, Gio, I don't know where you kind of feel on the, what you kind of feel on this one. I know that Chelsea has been playing well in general as, as of late, but they dropped that match against West Ham. So you kind of leave there with your head scratching. It was just one of those results that uh, Chelsea might live to regret later in the season if Spurs are uh, certainly making a surge of sorts. Um, but to me, in this one, I do feel like Chelsea is going to break that stretch and that they haven't beaten Everton over the past couple years. Plus money. Everton has been playing terrible. Some of their top signings, like uh, <laughs> Moise Kane, has been playing well that we know, obviously. Um, what are you feeling in this? Uh, are you, are you kind of staying away from the two and a half? Are you leaning towards a money line pick here? What do you feel? I think I'd rather lean towards the money line, plus 100 for Chelsea on FanDuel. I think I'd rather go with the money line over the over-under, just because you really can't predict what's going to happen. Chelsea's still that young side. We've talked about this in previous episodes. Tammy Abraham, you know, uh, they still have coaches isn't as young as them, but they have Loftus-Cheek, uh, hudson Adore, all these players that are still implementing themselves into what is the new face of Chelsea. It's a different-looking Chelsea, a new manager with Lampard. So they, but they've done, they've done well. They're in fourth place or have hovered around top four. Um, they've been getting results. Like you mentioned, that you get kind of a head-scratcher with the West Ham loss at home, which yeah. is kind of rough. Uh, you know, but I, I just think that you have to lean towards Chelsea in this in this match, just because Everton. It's really surprising for me that they're yeah. even near relegation side, uh, relegation points right now. Mm -hmm. um, I think I like you know Chelsea a lot more, but Everton even even so that they're in the relegation zone, they have the talent. I mean, Richarlison, Sigurdsson, uh, like we mentioned, talent that's not being used like Moise Keane. I'm very surprised that they're even that low. They had a tough loss to Leicester where they were winning most of the game, and then out of nowhere, Jamie Vardy and uh, Iheanacho off the bench, come and score, and then they, you know, they take that win, but they were away at Leicester. Yeah. Um, this one, I know Everton's home, and like you mentioned, they have a history where Chelsea have not beaten them for a couple seasons now. Um, but I think you're right, and Chelsea breaks that streak. I think there's too much talent there. They're obviously the more organized team also. Um, and they have some good defensive pieces. I like James lately. Reese James has been pretty good for them. Young guy coming up, obviously. Um, Zuma's been pretty solid over the season. They don't even have to use Alonso anymore. They don't really use him that much. Emerson is great. We've seen him on the Italian side. Me and you have obviously observed that team. Um, so I like Chelsea here. I don't know what you're leaning in terms of over-under, but I think the money line pick is a lot safer than over-under. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I think the over-under is kind of tricky, but I think they're pretty decent numbers either way you look at it. Obviously, the minus for the over and then the plus with the under 2.5. And, and, and I think I would only keep under 2.5 simply because I don't trust Everton in scoring. Right? I don't think they're that potent in the offense. I don't love Chelsea's defense, but at the same time, I hate Everton's de- uh, offensive attack even more. I don't think they're perfectly using everyone that they have at their disposal. You don't know how much longer some of these players are going. There's obviously the whispers of Keynes leaving, going back to Italy in January. You don't know how much longer they're going to be able to hold on to Rickarlson. I mean, to me, Everton, we talk about form, right? History, I know we wanted to bring up that note. That's within the past two years at least. But in terms of current form, I just don't see how Everton's going to be able to hold on to this. I think I love Chelsea with plus 100 here. I I think this is a game that they know they have to bounce back in. They have the quality and the depth to do so. I think what they're thinking of right now, since they had that transfer ban over the summer, uh, summer, the important note is that they just want to get to January. They can get to January in a Champions League spot. They can reinforce that squad. And if they can reinforce the squad, that's great for them. But it's a match like this against Everton, who's playing poorly, that you need to pick up the three points. So if you're able to pick up the three points like this at plus 100, I think this is probably one of the safer ones that we're going to be talking about all day today. So if you're going to have to pick something here, what would you... Uh, yeah, you got to go Chelsea. I Chelsea think Chelsea is probably the safest bet. I, I, I just don't see Everton. Maybe they'd score because they are home. We can't forget that. <laughs> they are home in this side, and, and you know, history is there. But, you know, Chelsea has double the amount of goals that Everton has in the Premier League this season. I think that's saying something. Um, and even with, uh, even if Abraham, you know, he got injured recently, yeah. if, even if he's not back in time, they have the quality. I like the way Jorginho is controlling the midfield now. They have Conte. Don't forget these things, guys. These are major things when you compare the two teams. And, you know, we could see a shock result where a point is taken from Everton. You never know what happens. Um, but I'm, I'm leaning towards Chelsea, plus 100. Yeah, I think that's one of the safer picks for sure. But we're going to be moving over to your guys over in Napoli, Udinese. Udinese the host in this one. Napoli, we know they've been struggling a little bit, and they're really head-scratchers, right? This is a typical Carlo Ancelotti team. Not doing well in the league, but somehow they pick up four points in total against the best team in the world in Liverpool over the Champions League. Disappointing loss once again over the weekend against Bologna. But this one, this is a team that Napoli should beat in this. But I know you're never that confident. How are you feeling going into this? It's a rough time, man, for Napoli. I, I just, it's really tough to even process why they're struggling so much. And like you mentioned, in the Champions League, they're a win away, maybe even a tie, but a win away from qualifying. And you never know what happens with Liverpool. They can even top the group depending yeah. on Liverpool Salzburg. So we'll see. But it's just crazy to think that. They're in seventh place in 14 games or so that they've had this season. Only 20 points in a the league. They're not averaging. They're not even averaging two points a game. Uh, that's it's terrible. It's honestly terrible. And there's questions as to whether Ancelotti will will survive the season. How much longer if they'll give him past the Champions League game? But in this game against Udinese, I think you're right. You got to take. You got to believe that Napoli will somehow break out of the slump and take the win. Um, it's eight winless games for Napoli. Two losses, obviously, Bologna, like you mentioned, and Roma, and six draws overall in all comps. So, you know, it's very, very rough right now for Napoli. They lost 2-1 at home. This wasn't even against Bologna at Bologna. It was home. So it's a tough loss. Can it get any worse? Probably not. So it's only on the up from here, I think, from Napoli. If they can just get together. I don't know if you saw this, but there's reports that they're going back into a retreat. We've, we've seen that whole drama that's happened since then. But I don't know about you, but you just got to believe that Napoli will probably want to put in a good showing before the Champions League game. This is before that game against Genk. This is the weekend before. So you kind of want to see them go into Genk, which is a home match with momentum. 
And I think that's hopefully what they can get done here. Plus, but minus 145 is not too bad. Uh, yeah, minus 145 is not too bad, but I don't know, just a minus number considering the form that has been happening with them. But again, Udinese is terrible. This is not a good team. It doesn't matter if they're home or away. This is, a, you know, simply this is a game that Napoli have to win. It, forget about Champions League for the moment. This is just a spot to just keep some momentum going. Because simply, like, again, a second retreat, they're going to have more retreats the past few weeks than they have had wins. And that is something that you should be a little weary of. And I don't blame people if they want to back off of that. Because if you even look at the draw, plus 270, I do see a scenario in which this is either Napoli win or a draw at the very least. And a draw, I, I don't know. If, you, if you're if you not feeling confident on Napoli, like I think Napoli's going to win this game, but I'm not 100% confident in it. I don't think it's a game that you could throw out a draw out the window. I think you could actually put some money on there and do that. But in terms of Udinese potentially upsetting, I don't see that happening. This team is absolutely dreadful. They're going to be trying to cash in on Rigo de Paul as soon as they possibly can. Uh, look, I mean... Again, I, I, I don't want to stick to anything else because in terms of over-unders, team totals, and stuff like that, because Napoli, uh, as of late, uh, we talk about it all the time. They hit the post often. They're not as clinical as you would like them to be. They, there's just some energy that's not there that you would love them to have. You know, I, I would stick to money line at this game if you want to go to anything. Uh, in, in terms of money line here, do you see a draw as a possible scenario, or are you, you a little bit more confident in a win coming? I mean, they've had six draws in the past eight games, so that's, you know, not a completely uh, shocking result if it were to happen. Something tells me that, you know, if they go into a retreat again and they come out again flat, then you have a serious problem and we're not going to be seeing the same Napoli team maybe as soon as January comes around because you really don't know what's going to happen if, if they can cash in on some guys in January, especially expiring contracts like Callejon, Mertens, Mertens almost going to be their uh, all-time leading club scorer if he passes Hamsik, already has passed Maradona. He might not even be passed, you know, here uh, past the season if he doesn't renew, and that doesn't look like it because he's, it seems like a fractured relationship. You know, those are off-the-field things that we don't really have to talk about. But in terms of form, it, 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 it does correlate. It relates because the players just aren't playing right. You have a captain who you don't know. Is he really leading the team or is he... You know, sometimes I think he's sabotaging the team. It's just like he goes out there and, and they're just very flat. So if they come into this game against Udinese, who is near relegation, negative goal differential, can't defend, and you can't score more than one goal and win the game, then you have some serious issues and we'll be talking about them possibly possibly being out of the Champions League next week if they can't even beat Genk because... You know, I'm not saying Genk is not better than Udinese, but yeah. you got to get a win and start building momentum. You you rarely see teams, I feel like, come out and just get that you know major win unless you're a bottom feeder sure. club, clubs that yeah. uh, need need a win once in a while to try to survive. Um, but I just don't see it. I, I I I can't think to myself that Napoli will again go nine straight games without a win. I don't think I've seen that in you know. 13, 14 years that I've been watching this this club, probably more than that since I was literally a child. So uh, it's just, it's impossible. I, I know it's a negative number. Like you said, I totally agree, you know, confidence-wise. Maybe they you don't want to bank on that negative number, uh, but I think you just got to take Napoli. Unless you want to take Udinese at plus 400 or plus 410, whatever it is, but you got to lean Napoli, I think. You got to give them one more, shot, one more shot and keep riding it until they actually just 
falter. Completely. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with that too because again, at the end of the day, Udinese is just terrible, and I don't. And I know a loss at home to Bologna is bad in a sense, but again, Bologna is a pretty good team. They're rallying around Sinsa Mihailovic. I mean, there's just a lot of factors going into that game on top of just Napoli being so inconsistent. But again. I don't know. To me, I could understand a draw here simply because the focus might be lying ahead into that gank match. And I think the most important thing for Napoli right now, and I know how Carlo works, obviously, it's going to be the Champions League. So I could see them potentially slipping up, but I know they know that they have to get off on the right foot here in Serie A. So I'm going to be taking the money line. Don't be surprised if you see a draw. But when we come back, we're going to be talking about some other top matchups throughout the Euros. Someone is searching your name or business online. What will they find? Do you have negative search results online? Do you have false accusations? Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Alright, welcome back in everybody. We're going to start and head over to Spain in this one. Real Madrid, Espanyol. Real Madrid is just rolling, man. I mean, they're in really good form. I know that was a little bit of a slip-up at the end of the Champions League match against PSG, but up to nothing for the majority of the match. They were completely dominating possession, getting so many chances. Gareth Bale almost won it after he hit it off the post there. I mean, Real Madrid is in really good form. There's a mixture of the veterans, the younger players coming into the fold here. They're tied for first in La Liga, Gio. They're heading into this one against Espanyol. I really do like the spread in this one. Minus two, Real Madrid, plus 165. Espanyol, plus two at plus 115. I don't know. I really love Real Madrid in this one. Espanyol, to me, not one of those teams that are that good. I, I think there's a lot of momentum riding on Real Madrid. Again, we talked about Barcelona Atletico. We said it was going to take some magic for Messi for anything to happen, and that's what happened. But again, how many times is he going to be able to do this? Because eventually it's going to catch up to them in that. For Real Madrid, there's so many different factors as to why they're playing well. And that's why I really do like them to cover in this one. But how are you feeling about this? Yeah, I think you, you can look at the spread at minus two. Because if you, if you look at money line, it's probably not worth it for, for this big of a, uh, of a difference or margin between these two teams. Espanyol is probably going to get relegated or is going to have to <laughs> fight really hard to get out of that relegation zone in La Liga. And Real Madrid's uh, tied joint first place with Barcelona, both at 31. Uh, and like you mentioned, Barcelona's just come out flat, I feel like, this season. Uh, you know, maybe Champions League, they, you know, they got a good result the last time around. And obviously, they're going to go through top the group. Um, but can they do this all season long in, in La Liga with, I think, is a motivated Real Madrid team because yeah. the past couple seasons, or obviously since they've lost Ronaldo, people have made that statement uh, they were a Ronaldo club, or look, he carried them so much. And I don't think that's necessarily true. Obviously, he's him and Messi, best players in the world, and, and that makes a huge difference. Um, but we've seen quality come out of people on this Real Madrid side. Hazard's been better recently, was doing great against PSG, recently picked up the knock. Um, but I also like Benzema, 10 goals and 4 assists. He has been great, too. And obviously, he also uh, um, shown in that uh, tie against PSG. He did very well to score those goals. 
Um, so I like the way his form has been looking. Bale, I feel like he always has something to prove when he goes on the pitch just because of, you know, what we see off the field, whether the club, how, the, how they treat him and whatnot. But against Espanyol, I mean, you know, they've, they've lost 10 games already this season. Um, they've conceded the most goals in La Liga with 28 goals so far uh, in the games that they've played this season. I understand if you look at this too, you're, you're thinking kind of to yourself, is this a trap? Will Real Madrid drop points to a relegation side? I can't really see it happening. I, it's just it's just way too uh, chaotic to think that Real Madrid will lose points to Espanyol, who uh, are winless also in their last five league games. Yeah. They have four losses and a draw. So you look at all these numbers and you look at the spread and you're getting plus money for minus two. I understand they have to win by two. But there's so many scenarios where they can win by two. They can even concede a goal and win by two. It doesn't mean that you know it has to be 2-0. Two, two but uh, I like that at plus 165. I think you yeah. can get the value there for that. Um, I, would, I just don't see them tripping up. Yeah, I think this is one of those classic beatdowns in La Liga in which Real Madrid just show how dominant they are. And another interesting thing, too, we talk about how they won three straight UCLs just not too long ago, obviously. But La Liga, they've only won it twice this decade. And I think after a certain point, we see Barcelona's dominance there. We know they obviously had their best stretch ever. This is their best stretch ever with Messi, obviously. Um, I think there's just a little bit of, you know, want to take back La Liga. You know what I mean? Just go and get those points. Because I, I put them down at plus 200. I took it. You know, I, I'm just feeling high on Real Madrid. I think they're going to be really good and they're going to be a tough out. And they're going to be going down the stretch for the rest. And, and, you know, to me, if you get one little slip up or injury with Messi and Barcelona, I think there is a scenario in which Real Madrid's just going to pounce on that. Atletico is not as good as we thought they were. I, if you can get also Real Madrid just to tail off from this game, if you can get them at plus money right now to win La Liga, I got them at plus 200. Not sure if the odds are moving a little bit because I got them with uh, my guy, just to say. Um, so, I mean, I don't know what the what the FanDuel has changed up with it, but I think you should definitely lean in and look into something in terms of them winning the league. But for this, again, I think it's just going to be a beatdown in this one. I think Real Madrid will be able to cover, and I love the plus money in that. Again, most goals conceded in La Liga for Espanyol. That doesn't spell well for a team who is playing so well offensively, including the midfield. There's just so much fluidity going on with Real Madrid and Zidane. So, again, what about the league? How, how are you feeling about that? I, think, you, you I think so, too. I think we mentioned this in an earlier episode that we've we've done, maybe one of the first ones we ever shot and, mm-hmm. and put out there for you guys. I really like their chances this season. If they stay on par, you know, even if they were to slip up somehow uh, and, and lose a couple points in a game, it's, I don't, it's not that Barcelona side that I fear going out and, and winning every single game from now, out, from now on. Like you mentioned, even if Messi's not hurt, it's just there's a lot for him to carry. I understand he has Suarez. I understand he has Griezmann. But Griezmann has done absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. And we've, he said he would do nothing. And, and he said he, he, he literally came out and said, I'm kind of just hesitant with the guys I have around me. And, and that's not a good thing. You don't want to see a star who you paid so much money for, who went so, through a lot of drama to get, you know, for you to get. Uh, come out and kind of make that sort of statement and just hasn't produced yet. Not saying he won't come around because the season is still long. We still have, you know, what, six months left or five months left till May to see what really happens. But it's just hard to imagine the team being carried by one guy. Uh, And, you know, even their midfield, they have some new faces, Artur and things like that, or De Jong. They're still getting accustomed to it. I feel like this is the good chance for Real Madrid to say, hey, we still got players of, of quality. Yeah, we got some new guys as well. Jovic hasn't even done anything, and they're still tied for first. <laughs> and, and Hazard's finally coming around. Benzema, we thought, oh, he's getting old. He's not doing anything, and he's looking like Benzema of old. You know, 
the type of Benzema that kind of drove Higuain out of Real Madrid because it was just Benzema and, and Ronaldo. So we'll see where it goes, but I think if you can get plus money, why wouldn't you jump on that opportunity for, for Real Madrid? They haven't shown you that they can't win the league yet, so I think you got to pounce on that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think it's really hard to uh, argue with that. I be on Real Madrid. We're gonna we're gonna be on them for a while, even even if Vegas uh, starts to see that they're uh, turning the corner there. But we're gonna be turning our corner over back to Italy into Roma. This one is such an interesting matchup. And again, I love to see the test of Inter against one of the better teams in Serie A. You could argue these are the two most impressive teams in the league to go along with Lazio, as we discussed earlier. Inter-Roma now, I mean, look, Inter, they're picking up three points in almost every single match that they play in. Once again, Roma playing well. We told you that it wasn't going to be a contest in Verona. They did edge that one out 3-1. to one. Again, in this one, I, you know, Smalling is playing great. Mancini's doing well for them. They're creating a lot in Roma, but they're going up against arguably one of the best defenses in Europe. How do you see this one shaking out? Because money line minus one fifteen for Inter, two seventy for the draw, plus two ninety for a Roma win. Over under, we'll get into that in a second. But man, Roma plus two ninety—that's a little bit of an enticing number. But how do you feel about that? I don't see a Roma win, but I could see a point being dropped. Um, but it's very tough, like you mentioned. I think the, that back three, or even when they don't even use Godin all the time, yeah. but if they use Godin, Skriniar, and Devry, I mean, that's a huge problem for anyone. Um, Roma have shown that they don't have to depend on, you know, Edin Dzeko to score goals. Zaniola has scored goals. The, the, you know, they have a lot of contributions from guys that you would just think haven't, you know, played well over the span of their careers. Maybe like Justin Kluivert, who came uh, a while back and hasn't produced, but he did well against mm-hmm. Verona this past weekend. So. They have quality, don't get me wrong, and they're in the top four right now. It's ve- it's going to be very close, I think, during the duration of the season, whether Napoli tries to get back in there. You have Cagliari, Atalanta vying for that fourth spot as well, whether their rival Lazio drops some points, and we'll see what happens. Um, if Inter is home, which they are in this game, and, and they want to uh, keep the pressure because obviously they're winning right now, uh, the league, where well, they're in first place, they're not winning the league because the league is far from over. But you know, the winter could end with them being champions. You never know. Yeah. You know, winter champions, that kind of uh, <laughs> title that not does, that doesn't though. bode well for teams because usually, unless it's Juventus, you kind of fall off that that high horse. But we'll see where it goes. But Inter has been very impressive uh, for me. I like Lautaro Martinez also. Yeah. I don't know about goal odds. It's kind of early right now. But if you look into the match should look for Lautaro Martinez and Romelu Lukaku because they've been very productive. And we mentioned that too, guys. Lukaku, everyone's you know, beating him up, saying he's going to come in and be a miserable failure. He's been nothing you know, of that nature. He's been producing even assists. He's setting up teammates at Champions League yeah. assist. was absolutely amazing. And Lautaro scoring goals left and right. Um, I like an Inter uh, win. I, I see a result here. I wouldn't touch a, a spread or anything like that just because I could see it being a one-goal differential. Sure. I don't know how you see it. It could be very close for me at least. Um, but it's hard to imagine that Inter would slip up against Roma in, in while they're vying for the Scudetto under Conte. I, I just think Conte would probably get too much out of his guys to drop yeah. a point. I don't know how you feel. Um, the, the best I can see Roma doing is forcing a draw because defensively it's kind of – Smalling has been great, don't get me wrong, but it's a team you look and you're like, wow, that's a makeshift defense. Yeah. Were they really going to be this productive? And they have been. Uh, but you come up against a, a top side, I don't know if they can hold on, hold that. 
Yeah, I, I'm not 100% sure they've been truly tested. I know they pick up and they get the points against the teams that they should. And you should always applaud that because we've seen so many times of teams dropping points against clubs that they really shouldn't and it affects their title race and even a Champions League spot. And for Roma, they're picking up those points, so it's hard to pick a bone with them. But in terms of Inter, I mean, look, I think this is a totally different Inter in terms of mentality. And we, we talked about it before the season started, we talked about it on the show here. Antonio Conte completely changes the way a club operates. You could see it within the players. Lukaku's situation that you mentioned with Manchester United. Look at two of the players that we highlighted in this game that we're talking about. Chris Smalling, Romelu Lukaku. Do not buy into guys that are coming from Manchester United being poor. I think it's simply a factor of Manchester United being such a terrible place to operate in that very few people are going to be successful simply because the club doesn't know the direction that they're going in and they don't know their left from right. And, and you know, Lukaku is a perfect profile of a player who does work hard, he works well in an Antonio Conte type system. That's why he wanted him so badly. And I mean, how many times do we hear Conte and his sound bites about who he wants in the transfer market? There isn't enough money being spent here, this and that. Um, Lukaku and Lautaro Martinez is one of the best duos in Europe this season, and I think that's going to show in this game. And, it ha and in the defensive battle, because I want to get into the over-unders again, we'll get into it. Minus 148 for over 2.5 goals, plus 122 under 2.5 goals. I see that happening because this is a top matchup against you know a good defensive team in Roma so far, a great defensive team in Inter, and... To me, I just don't see Dzeko or Roma scoring a lot of goals in this. I do see, you know, a scenario where it is a 2-0 Inter or a 1-0 Inter. I don't really see this one being a high-scoring match. What about you? Yeah, I can see that happening. I, I was going to lean towards that as well, the under 2.5 for plus 122. Uh, like we mentioned, Inter's defense is just too good against uh, a Roma side who, don't get me wrong, have produced, have gotten results, like you mentioned, against the team yeah. they should beat. They've been playing well. But will they keep this up? It's just they're still under a new manager for the first season under Fonseca. So will we see that continue throughout mm -hmm. the year? It's really hard to, to think that they continue the role that they're on. You know, and Inter has been scoring goals as well. Don't get me wrong, 31 goals mm -hmm. uh, over the past couple seasons. They would rely heavily on Icardi to get the damage done, but not this season. They have two, like you mentioned, Martinez and Lukaku, to really be doing uh, a great job. So I would take the, the under, though. I know I'm, I'm making it seem like I'm saying they're showing a lot of goals, but I would take the under because I do agree that would be a, a tough, close matchup. And it's in a matchup where I think Inter is probably going to focus more defensively than scoring. I sure. think they have the confidence that they can score a goal, um, but I think they want to settle it in the back yeah. and kind of, you know, hey, we get a goal. Not saying park the bus or anything like that, but sure. we can get this result. And I think an under would be more plausible. Yeah, I think, I think the under is a safer play simply because I think Roma's just going to have to go through a stretch where they slip up. And this is one of those games, there's no shame going into the San Siro and dropping points against Antonio Conte and this Inter. So again, I'm going to go under that Inter win. Minus 115 really doesn't scare me off. What are you going to officially go with? I agree. With? I actually agree with those both. both, <laughs> both. So we have the okay. same. I'm okay. Listening. So uh, again, we're both going Inter money line here under two and a half goals plus 122. You could parlay it. I, I think I would be interested in doing that or just make them separate bets. I think those are the two safe ones if you wanted to go in a certain direction there. But when we come back, we're going to be discussing some of the top odds throughout Euro 2020. There's a surprise team in the books leading there. We'll tell you who it is when we come back. DailyRoto.com
Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Euro 2020 draw has come and gone, and man, I'll tell you what, Gio, the, the favorite in this one is England, plus 400. This is from Caesar Sportsbook. We're going to throw up the graphic right now. France, plus 600. Spain, plus 750. I mean, Portugal all the way down there, plus 1,400. Uh, Netherlands, plus 625. I like that. Italy, plus 900. But I mean, we'll, we'll focus on England for this. England should not, in any way, shape, or form, be the favorite for this tournament. Uh, there's... If, if they're better than they were in the World Cup just last summer, it isn't substantially greater. I mean, you could look at Raheem Sterling. He's, he's absolutely fantastic. There's been a bunch of other players that have really come on the cusp here. I don't love them at the back. I don't love their center backs. I don't love Jordan Pickford uh, between the net as well. To me, England is one of the least deserving favorites for a tournament that I can remember in a long time. Yeah, I mean, I can agree with that, too. I mean, we've seen the run that they made in the World Cup. Don't get me wrong. They did go far. came up a little bit short. It didn't come home. We know that was all of England right there. We're, we're bringing It's coming home. It didn't come home, unfortunately, for you guys. But, listen, it's not about bashing England. It's just about they haven't shown that productivity. And I, don't, I just you, – you look at all these other teams, and you get double the money in some of them. Some of them triple. I mean, you're looking at Portugal, plus 1,400. Yeah. They've won a Euro. And I understand they're in that group of death. But don't yeah. forget, guys, third places can come out of this – this tournament, you don't have that's to how they win won the it last group, time, and that's exactly how they won it last time in that fashion. So, if you think that England plus 400 is a great bet for you, you can take it. I think me and Martino are both laying off that. Italy's going to be a dark horse in this tournament, yeah. plus 900. Uh, Belgium dominated, plus 500. You got to look at these numbers and want to make more money. I, you have to take it that way. And Italy can really, I think, make a, do, just do a lot of damage. Yeah. Obviously, France, even France. Plus yeah. 600? Yeah. How is England favored over France? I'm, I'm sorry, I just don't see it happening. I, th I think they were a little shaky because of the qualifying, and I understand where people are coming from, but France is the deepest team. The, their third team that they don't even Depth bring wise, to this yeah. tournament can be better than England. <laughs> you, could, you could even make an argument for that. But for me, in terms of value here, I mean, France, Belgium, those are my two favorites coming into this, and I've said it for a while now. Belgium needs to take advantage of the era that they have. France is still so fantastic, so many great players throughout it. Ballon d'Or nominees. I mean, it's really hard to go away from it. But Portugal, if you want the best long shot out of all the teams that we have mentioned, plus 1,400 for the defending champs, and they're better than they were when they won it a few years ago. And, Gio, really quick, what would you, which team did you like? I'm going to go Italy, plus 900. <laughs> Ride the dark horse. Italy plus 900. There you go. Thanks so much for watching, guys, and we'll see you next week.